Another politician is blaming another natural disaster on global warming. Is global warming responsible for this week's tornadoes? And in a surprise move, Mitt Romney has dropped out of the presidential race. Does this ensure a win by John McCain? Also, are missionaries super Christians? This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. In this time of war, I simply cannot let my campaign be a part of aiding a surrender to terror. That's Mitt Romney. He dropped out today. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I am not Dr. Jerry Johnson. I am Penna Dexter sitting in with him. Glad to be back. I've been off for about a week. And uh, Mitt Romney has changed the calculus in the Republican race for president. It's very interesting because today in the Wall Street Journal, Michael Barone, who's sort of a political observer of many years, had a commentary, Open Field Politics is the title. The field is a little less open now uh, that Mitt Romney has dropped out. In fact, uh, today he addressed the Conservative Political Action Committee in Washington. About 6,000 conservatives assembled there. He said he's bowing out of the presidential race. He says... He gave it a lot of thought. This isn't an easy decision. I hate to lose. Of course, John McCain also addressed this conference, and uh, this was a time for him to try to woo the conservatives to get them on his side. He didn't even address the conference uh, last time he ran, uh, but he made a major speech today appealing to conservatives. And the question is, does this seal the Republican uh, presidential ticket. Uh, Let's hear just a little bit from John McCain. We have had a few disagreements, and none of us will pretend that we won't continue to have a few. But even in disagreement, especially in disagreement, I will seek the counsel of my fellow conservatives. And uh, also in political news, Hillary Clinton, her campaign had to borrow $5 million from her Uh, She lent her campaign $5 million. Some people are actually going without paychecks right now. We're going to talk later about the changing campaign landscape, but also uh, tornadoes have wreaked havoc across the South this week. Union University, of course, a wonderful Christian school in Tennessee, sustained tremendous damage. And here is the president of the school, David Dockery, says the tornado caused this devastation on his campus. There are uh, buildings that are in complete rubble back there. You can see the devast- the ones that are damaged. What you can't see are the ones that are- don't exist uh, anymore. 
Also a little bit later in the program, Acts 1-8 commands us to share the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now, we can't all go. So the question is, how can we really help and support those who do? We are going to ask Dr. Richard Pratt. He is head of an organization that trains church leaders around the world. He'll actually be uh, actually be in Plano this weekend at a conference at Trinity Presbyterian Church. Uh, you can come to that conference, and we'll talk about how you can do so later in the program. Dr. Pratt will also be joining us later in the program. But let's go back to this story, uh, really devastation at Union University, and uh, just talk a little bit about that. This, again, is Union University President David Dockery uh, talking about the damage. You see these major buildings, $20 million um, beautiful academic buildings that roofs are off of them and water damage soaked all the way through all three floors. That's the bad news. The good news is uh, that no students lost their lives in this, even though many have uh, lost their lives uh, due to these tornadoes. This school is in sort of Tornado Alley, and it had some really good procedures in place, which the students followed, and that was good for them. Union University student Lauren Jackson described what the tornado felt like. It just felt like it sucked you into, like, the middle of the hallway, and they'd throw you back up against the wall. And this is another student, Corey Ladyman. He says he cannot believe the strength of this tornado. Blown away by the power of the storm. Um, can't really take it in right now, but it's, it's something I've never been through. And he probably hopes he'll never go through that again. Well, what causes this tornado? Some people think that it actually had a cause that we could have done something about. Is this an act of God? Or could human beings have had something to do with this? And you know what I'm getting at. And uh, with us to talk about that is our friend uh, who always joins us to talk about these issues. And he is Mark Morano, and he is the uh, communications director for the Senate Committee on Environment and uh, Public Works. And, uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Penna. Happy to be here. Well, uh, what I'm getting at is a statement by somebody else who ran for president uh, a few years ago, and that is John Kerry. Uh, Let's hear what he had to say about the tornadoes. Uh, you know, I don't want to sort of leap into the larger meaning of it, uh, you know, inappropriately. But on the other hand, the Weather Service has told us we are going to have more and more intense storms. And insurance companies are beginning to look at this issue and understand this is related to the intensity of storms that's related to the warming of the earth. And so it goes to global warming and larger issues that we're not paying attention to. The fact is the hurricanes are more intensive, the storms are more intensive, the rainfall is more intense in certain places at certain times, and the weather patterns have changed. Again, with me is Mark Morano, and uh, Mark is a frequent guest here on Jerry Johnson Live. He is the Communications Director for the U.S. Senate Committee on uh, the Environment and Public Works. Uh, and, uh, of course, Senator Jim Inhofe of Oklahoma speaks some common sense uh, when he talks about global warming, and he speaks uh, to the other senators. And, uh, of course, this is going to be a campaign issue. But, Mark, uh, what about what Senator Kerry has to say? I mean, just how do you react to that statement? Well, I mean, first of all, he said that there's certain times, certain places. That's absolutely true. At any given time, there's always a record being broken, either record cold, record snow, record heat, record uh you know any kind of record and that's that's normal that's called climate change and that's absolutely a part of the natural cycle 
Al Gore has tried to claim that there's been more tornadoes. It turns out we've had better detection of tornadoes. People have claimed there's been an increase of hurricanes. Actually, the science is going the other way on that. And there's now new peer-reviewed studies claiming that, if anything, a warming ocean and global warming potentially would have less hurricanes, less land-striking hurricanes, particularly in the U.S. So the science isn't there. This is just these are talking points that they try to do to get people to say, oh, look at that. And, and, and people will say, oh, it's, it's been warm. It may be been warm this day or that. First of all, January, I think, is 0.3 degrees Celsius cooler than the 20th century average so far, January 2008 in the U.S., that's number one, uh, and when you look at the, when you look at the uh, you know the big picture globally, the high point was 1998. We've essentially been you know flatlining on global average temperature. The southern hemisphere has actually been cooling, uh, but then to try to link these extreme storms, hurricanes, tornadoes, the science is not there to support it, uh, and yet it just we keep hearing it over and over. Mark, uh, what's his point then? Why does he do things like this? Well, first of all, I think you know a lot of people believe this. And they believe that, you know, man has got to be doing this. And you always have a tendency to believe that whatever you are involved in, your lifetime, your experience, tends to be unique. So therefore, wow, I've never seen this before. There's a meteorologist named Craig Woods uh, from Michigan who just wrote this about this phenomena. It's called uh, I've Never Seen Weather Like This Before Phenomena, where everyone seems to think that their weather experience is unique. It's never been like this. You know, during a warm day, you know, here in Washington, D.C., at some point we had 70-degree weather yesterday. People will say, oh, this has to be global warming. Oh, really? Well, how come 1934 was the hottest year in the U.S.? How come the 30s, I think five of the ten hottest decades, were in the 1930s in the U.S.? That was before 80% of man-made CO2 came out. So it just doesn't make sense. The new peer-reviewed study came out two days ago, basically saying the Arctic has cooled uh, in the last 20, um, what was it? Yeah, 2,500 years. So it all depends on where you look, where you start your, and where you start your points, where you end your points. Greenland has cooled roughly since the 1940s. Uh, Antarctica, new studies out now that Al Gore hyped, uh, called the Larsen B ice shelf, a massive ice shelf in West Antarctica. Turns out it may not have been caused by global warming at all, but by a, you know, natural cyclical process dealing with ocean currents and a normal breakup of an ice shelf. This is the kind of stuff peer reviewed science continues almost on a daily basis to debunk all of this fear mongering. All right, Mark uh, Morano, of course. So we've just been talking about what John Kerry said uh, last night on MSNBC. And I just think, you know, when you think about what happened at Union University, you think about all the people that lost their lives, uh, this little baby that got thrown from his home and and survived and uh, lost his mother. And, um, you know, I don't like the idea that that a a U.S. senator would get on television and use this for political purposes. But speaking of politics, it looks like... And we can talk about this a little bit later, folks, in the program. But uh, people are pretty much uh, resigned to the fact now that John McCain is the front runner and really the presumptive nominee for the Republicans. And he's one Republican that thinks global warming is real and we need to fix it uh, and uh, could be expensive. But another um, uh, another prominent person speaking out about it is Bill Clinton, his his statement, Mark, just scares me because he says we just have to slow down our economy to fight global more, uh, warming. Will John McCain be on that bandwagon? Well, I'm not going to get involved in presidential politics, um, 
But I will say that actually Bill Clinton's comment, he claims, uh, and he may actually, if you look at the full context, he was sort of arguing back and forth, saying some people would say it, it, it does that. However, the fact remains that any of these bills we have right now before us, it's going to be coming to the Senate floor, the Lieberman-Warner Climate Bill. And this is what the American people need to ask elected officials at all levels, state, local, presidential. Uh, what is the benefit of so-called doing any of these global warming, quote, solutions? And the bottom line is they're going to drive up energy prices at a time when energy prices are already uh, outrageously high for many Americans, drive up gas prices, drive up home energy, heating, air conditioning, to do absolutely nothing for the climate. The, the impact, even if it's fully complied with, and if they're right on the science, the alarmists are right, it would have no detectable impact. So the American people are going to be asked to pay huge amount increase. In fact, it would negate the stimulus package that they're talking about now uh, to do absolutely nothing. And that's what, you know, when, it, when push comes to shove, that's why 11 years after Kyoto was signed, the U.S. still does not have any kind of cap and trade, carbon cap, or any kind of global warming legislation on a national basis, because every time these bills have come up before the people, and people are asked to look at it, and actually senators are asked to vote on it, congressmen are asked to vote on it, they realize this bill is pure symbolism on the climate, but will have real economic impacts, and that's why they've all failed in the past. So that's the question that's going to be asked yet again of the American people and of our elected leaders. Mark Morano, we can always count on you to uh, talk some common sense on this issue of the climate and global warming. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Penna. Enjoyed it. You know, I've noticed a couple of news stories late, uh, lately, ladies and gentlemen. Now, one has to do with the fix for global warming that they're talking about in the state of California. That state is uh, proposing revisions to its housing code that would require all new or remodeled homes to have a quote-unquote programmable communicating thermostat. And uh, this would be able to allow, I guess, the electric company to manage demand during what they call price events and other emergencies. So you would see control of your home's heating and air conditioning to the state uh, whether uh, or not state and officials wanted to exercise it or if and when they wanted to do so. And, of course, that would just be another cost to building your home. Also, in China, you've probably seen these stories about how the snowstorms strand, uh, stranding hundreds of thousands of people uh, at the train stations. They cannot get home for the Chinese New Year's. New Year celebrations to see their family. Sometimes that's the only time during the year when people can do that. And uh, this is because of these huge snowstorms, yet the pollution is, uh, in China is tremendous, and global warming uh, has certainly not stopped uh, this weather that's taken place in China. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Mitt Romney has suspended his presidential campaign. That means he's dropping out. It was said that he and Mike Huckabee were actually splitting the evangelical vote and dividing conservatives. So does this help Mike Huckabee now, or does this make John McCain inevitable? We'll take your calls next on Jerry Johnson Live. That number is 800-881-9270. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. 
Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. We believe that the Almighty hears our prayers and answers those who seek Him. That's President Bush uh, joining thousands of government and religious leaders at the National Prayer uh, Breakfast today in Washington, D.C., and uh, we will hear more about that a little bit later. But it's been a big day in politics. Of course, as we mentioned earlier, Mitt Romney, former governor of Massachusetts, dropped out of the race today. He said if he continued his campaign until the convention, he'd be giving the Democrats a boost. I'd forestall the launch of a national campaign. And frankly, I'd be making it easier for Senator Clinton or Obama to win. I guess he saw the writing on the wall after Super Tuesday, and he waited until today at the CPAC conference, Conservative Political Action Committee conference in Washington, D.C. 6,000 people assembled there. And uh, this is the race that Mitt Romney planned for years uh, Politico.com says it crashed to a halt today. It stopped in its tracks, really, by this durable John McCain campaign and also Romney's inability to quell concerns about his shifts on key issues and also his Mormon religion. And uh, wonderful speech that he gave today at the CPAC conference it really showed that he hopes to preserve the goodwill of his party for another possible uh, bid in the future. But we are taking your calls on this because the question out there on the table is, who does this help? Uh, The media is really very clear that they have come to the conclusion that that, uh, McCain is the presumptive nominee. And, of course, that's common sense. He's got so many delegates, 703 to be exact, and Mike Huckabee's 190. You need 1,191 delegates, so McCain is well on his way. We haven't voted in Texas yet, though. Uh, We are not a winner-take-all state, as many states are, so it will be proportional as to what the candidates get. But let's go now to Plano and uh, get the reaction of Reynolds there. Hi, Reynolds. Thanks for calling. Hi, Senator. Thanks for taking my call. I spoke to you about six weeks ago, and we had this similar conversation. Uh, I'm a former political reporter, having worked in D.C., and I've actually interviewed McCain and Thompson and a number of individuals. But my comment is, uh, yes, this is an opportunity for evangelicals uh, in states like Texas to step up and let their voice be heard if they, uh, in fact, do want uh, Mike Huckabee as their choice. Uh, it, but it is highly improbable that he could make up the difference uh, uh, with, with you know only 500 delegates needed uh, by McCain to secure the nomination. Uh, in short, uh, it's too bad that Romney didn't step out a week ago because then we would have had different uh, outcome on Super Tuesday and we'd have a race now uh, between uh, Huckabee and uh, uh, McCain. But that's not the case. And I'll conclude by saying we have a sovereign God, uh, and I. I don't fear what God has uh, in store for us. Uh, if it, if it's McCain or for uh, Huckabee being the nominee, uh, we'll still have an opportunity to, to go head to head with uh, two of the most liberal senators. Uh, you know, we could we could run against, and so it's a, it's a clear demarcation 
uh, in political ideology between the two camps. And uh, that being said, I thank you for your time. Well, that's the point that uh, Senator McCain made today, and he tried to talk about the ways in which he differs from the Democrats. He was very clear uh, that he uh, would make the Bush tax cuts permanent. And I, um, you know, that he got huge applause from those folks at CPAC uh, because of that. Let's hear again from uh, Mitt Romney, though, and hear what he had to say uh, as he made this speech at CPAC. Because I love America... In this time of war, I feel I have to now stand aside for our party and for our country. Obviously, there were lots of people there who were Romney supporters that were pretty surprised uh, to hear him drop out there at CPAC. And, uh, of course, in many cases, especially for economic conservatives, he was their guy. And uh, so they're very disappointed to see him leave. He did say that he agrees with John McCain on a number of key issues. I disagree with Senator McCain on a number of issues, as you know. But I agree with him. But I agree with him on doing whatever it takes to be successful in Iraq and finding and executing Osama bin Laden. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are taking your calls. Does the exit of Mitt Romney change the political calculus? It certainly does. And uh, John McCain is claiming now the mantle of the Republican nomination on the Republican ticket for president. And, uh, you know, so do you give up now? Or if you are not a McCain lover, do you move on? Do you continue to support another candidate? There are still two other candidates in the race, Ron Paul and Mike Huckabee, and the state of Texas has not yet had its primary. Give us a call. Tell us what you think about this, 800-881-9270. John McCain uh, really tried to convince these folks at CPAC that uh, he is a conservative. He's with them. We have had a few disagreements, and none of us will pretend that we won't continue to have a few. But even in disagreement, especially in disagreement, I will seek the counsel of my fellow conservatives. Okay, some of those disagreements are McCain-Feingold. Most conservatives do not support uh, that clamping down on free speech that took place. That bill was pushed by John McCain for years, and it's been challenged in court. Part of it's been struck down. Uh, but it really does place a damper on campaign speech. And uh, so a lot of people don't think John McCain has uh, a lot of love for free speech. Also, uh, as we said earlier, he wants a fix for global warming. And any fix for global warming is going to put the uh, put a, some clamps down on the economy. He also was part of the Gang of 14 and actually one of the leaders that stopped the rules in the Senate from being changed so that uh, judicial nominees could not be filibustered. A lot of conservatives mad at him about that. Uh, McCain, uh, John McCain also was one of the key sponsors of the immigration bill, comprehensive immigration reform that would have been a path to citizenship for illegal immigrants. And uh, he talked about that uh, today and said he'd close the borders first. Uh, other, uh, lots of other reasons that conservatives don't like him. He's really stuck his finger in the eye of conservatives many times. And he'll probably be the nominee. So what do you do? Do you not vote or do you uh, get on board with him and try to influence the policies in other ways? Let's go now to Patrick in Dallas. Patrick, thanks for calling. Yeah, I had a question. Um, I, I'm not very familiar with the, uh, the whole um, you know, pre-election process. The delegates that voted for Romney, what, what happens to those delegates? Are they able to switch to Huckabee or to McCain, or are they dropped until the convention? 
I think it differs between the states, and we're going to have to do some research to give you uh, exactly what will happen to those delegates. I do know that uh, when Romney dropped out, he said he was suspending his campaign, and I think what that does is uh, hold the delegates for a time. And uh, so, you know, we'll give you some more information on that as we look into it. But um, there, are, there are delegates in there, what are called super delegates, who are not committed. And uh, so we'll have to uh, give you a better answer later. Sorry about that. Let's go to Chad in Fort Worth. Chad, thank you so much for calling. Well, I'm just so excited about Romney dropping out. I've are you? I've <laughs> been a Huckabee fan from the beginning. He spoke at my church uh, last year or the year before, and I'm just excited that uh, he, you know, he might have a better chance now. I, I just so do you think this God gives always, Huckabee a better chance? Yeah, I always think that God picks the, the underdog and raises somebody up that, that you wouldn't expect, you know, whether King David or King Saul or any of the, the great leaders in the Bible, you know, they were never expected to be the chosen leaders. And I think Huckabee kind of fits into that category. He's been running on a shoestring budget, and the media just hasn't given him credit where credit's due. And to me, he has all three legs of the um, conservative stool that Reagan talked about. I mean, he's mm-hmm. ex- excellent on the social issues. I mean, he wants to abolish the IRS. I mean, that would stimulate the economy like crazy. And he's tough on uh, foreign policy. I mean, when he was asked about the Iranian speedboats, he said, you know, any enemy that wants to take on the U.S., they're going to see our ship, and the next thing they're going to see is the gates of hell. So, I mean, he has all three categories. Okay, well, here's the deal, though, with uh, Huckabee, and that is that um, with Romney dropping out, with uh, these other uh, primaries coming up, and let's see, we've got some on Saturday, Louisiana, Nebraska, Washington, Tuesday will be Maryland, District of Columbia, and Virginia. Now, those three, when you look at those three, McCain will probably take all of them. So what happens is you don't have a Romney to take away delegates from McCain, so McCain can get to the number that he needs, which is uh, almost 1,200 quicker. So that is the reason that it, it might actually make McCain uh, more quickly be able to claim the nomination. Uh, But if Huckabee supporters get out in some of these primaries and really work hard, uh, then maybe they can change it again. And as uh, as was just said, uh, it's been a miracle campaign all the way along. And so in Texas, we have some thinking to do, I think. Uh, Folks still have an opportunity to weigh in on this. So let's go back to the phones very quickly to Jim in Wills Point. Jim, thanks for calling. Yes, well, I just got through saying everything I was going to say. I mean, Huckabee has been has been a miracle from the very start. I talked about him uh, a year ago or better, and when when y'all you guys were discussing the candidates, and I, called, and I said, "What about Huckabee?" And everybody said, "Well, you know, he's not well known enough. He probably won't make it." And then the next thing you know, he's mm-hmm. busted out. Amazing, isn't it? Leith, Jim, thanks for weighing in. Let's go to one more call, Charles in Dallas. Thank you so much for waiting. Yes, I, I'm calling to say that I still aim to, to uh, vote for Huckabee, and it doesn't matter what happens. I'm with Jim Dobson. I will not vote for John McCain under any circumstances. He's foul-mouthed. He's rude. And if I have to write in a name, I will not vote for him. I, I, I intend to stand on my principles on this. Uh, I, I I don't believe that we can continue voting just because we're we're afraid of the Republicans losing out. And 
All right, Charles, thank you so much for calling. We appreciate uh, it. We are coming up to a break. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, in Texas, of course, it's uh, proportional delegates. So even if Huckabee won Texas, he wouldn't get all the delegates. Uh, But there are still several states that have not weighed in. And, uh, you know, this isn't over. It's not over yet. Well, next up, the question is, do we as Christians going about our business here in the United States have a romantic view of missionaries? Are they super Christians? Or is missions something we should all be about? Well, next up, Dr. Richard Pratt will join us. He's providing education to those in the field, and we'll talk with him right after this. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's Penna Dexter. When we lift our hearts to God, we're all equal in his sight. That's President Bush at the uh, National Prayer Breakfast this morning, and uh, he gave a wonderful message to those who were gathered there. Lots of things going on in Washington, D.C. today. Uh, But we're going to talk about something that's actually going on right here in the Metroplex in Plano, Texas this weekend. Uh, There's a mission conference at a Presbyterian church in Plano called Trinity Presbyterian. And the theme is Ordinary Christians in the Kingdom of God. And really the idea here is is that uh, we need to look at missionaries as people who are extraordinary Christians, yes, but they're not super Christians. And actually, we're all called to be missionaries in some way. Uh, Acts 1-8 says that. And with us to discuss this is uh, the main speaker at the event, Dr. Richard Pratt. He is the founder and president of Third Millennium Ministries. He has his THD from Harvard University. He chaired the Old Testament Department at Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi, and Orlando Florida for 21 years, and uh, he was one of the uh, consultants on that uh, cartoon from DreamWorks, The Prince of Egypt, uh, that animated story of Moses. Uh, They went to several theologians to uh, make sure that that was uh, down the line. And Dr. Pratt, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Penna. Thanks so much for having me on your show. You know, uh, when we talk about missionaries, and many of us know missionaries and support missionaries around the world, uh, they are special people uh, because they've dedicated their lives to go somewhere and and really changed their lives and made this their whole life. But we are all missionaries to some degree. At least we should be, shouldn't we? That's right. We're all on a mission, and the mission is simply to spread the kingdom of God to the ends of the earth. That's the mission that every follower of Christ has, whether they do it at home or on the foreign field or wherever it may be. That's every single person's mission in life. We all know that missionaries have needs, and I know that's your about, uh, what you're about with Third Millennium Ministries. Will you tell us uh, what you are doing through that organization? Sure, I'm happy to. Uh, Third Millennium Ministries is devoted to training Christian leaders around the world by providing them with biblical education for the whole world for free. And uh, basically what that means is we are aiming at giving people around the world a seminary-level education, and we're doing that through multimedia services and various ways, books as well as uh, videos and the like, and radio broadcasts and satellite television broadcasts. But we we are doing that in many different languages. In our own office, we work in English and Russian and Spanish and Mandarin Chinese and Arabic, and then other organizations take our materials and translate them into 11 other languages. And so it's not just biblical education on that seminary level, but it's also for the whole world. And the last line in that tag is, 
It's for free, mm. and we really mean that. It doesn't cost a person a single thing to get this material. Okay, now where are our missionaries in the world right now? I mean, there are places where Christianity is growing like wildfire, aren't there? There certainly are. Uh, China, India, parts of Africa, even parts of Latin America. Uh, Christ is doing a great work, and people are coming to faith in Christ through the gospel. But one of the biggest problems we have with all of the success of the gospel is that we don't have very well-trained leaders where the church is growing so fast. And that's the need we're trying to meet. Uh, the estimates are that there are over 2 million pastors in the world today who have not had one hour of training in the Bible and in good theology. And you can imagine what kind of mess that can make in a Christian's life if their leader doesn't know the Bible well. And so we're working very hard to help those people, those brothers and sisters around the world, who are leading the vast majority of Christians in the world today, I mean the overwhelming majority. They are leading them without any kind of training. And so we're trying to get that training to them through all these different means. Dr. Richard Pratt is my guest. He is founder and president of Third Millennium Ministries. He'll be in Plano at Trinity Presbyterian Church Friday night, actually all weekend, but you can hear him Friday night at 7 p.m. and also Sunday morning uh, at the 9 o'clock uh, Sunday school time and also at the 1030 service. Uh, he'll be preaching, and uh, that church is at Ohio and Hedgecock's and uh, if you go Friday night, you can just go up the tollway if you live in Dallas, get off on Legacy, and there are a lot of restaurants right there at the tollway in Legacy, get a bite to eat, and then go on over to Ohio or Preston and go north to Hedgecoke's and that's 7 o'clock time. If you're interested in missions, you may just want to go and uh, hear Dr. Pratt. And Dr. Pratt, how are you going to encourage the folks at this mission conference this weekend? Well, I'm going to encourage them this way, that when Jesus came to this earth, he came on a mission of his own. And that mission was to transform the earth into God's kingdom. That really was his mission. As he told us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That was Jesus' own purpose for his life, and it's also then the purpose that he's given to his followers. Uh, you remember that in the Great Commission that we speak of at the end of Matthew when Jesus commissioned his disciples to go forth. The first thing he said was, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And so he now reigns over all of creation. But then he looked at his disciples and said, now you go out there and make disciples. And so as Christians, our goal is to continue the process that Jesus began in his life of bringing the kingdom of God to this earth as it is in heaven. And we do that by preaching the gospel and by seeing people's lives transformed all over the world. And it's wonderful to know that we're not on the losing team, but that Jesus' gospel is going forth with great power all over the world. Dr. Pratt, I think uh, there's a problem that you uh, touched on a moment ago that exists not only uh, in the new churches being planted around the world and in the missionary works in the various countries where Christianity is growing. It also exists uh, here in the United States, and that is is that uh, people can be uh, come to Christ, be converted, but they need good theology, they need good teaching in order to grow in their Christian life and to become effective Christians themselves. And uh, it's something that you're addressing through your organization, but can you just speak to uh, that also being a problem in the church in the United States? It sure is. It's a big problem because we live in a day when there are churches multiplying and multiplying all around us, but unfortunately we don't keep up with this when it comes to 
training pastors and other kinds of church leaders very well. Um, there are organizations out there that do that and offer their services, um, some of them even for free, and I'm glad to know that that's true. But uh, there's a great need for people to ga- gather the best resources they possibly can, a very sound theology and very good penetrating understanding of the Bible that's practical but at the same time truthful. And uh, we have to work very hard to help Christians of all ranks and files to to learn just as much about the Bible as they possibly can. And that's one of the things we're committed to at Third Millennium Ministries is to providing those kinds of materials to people who can who want it and who can then grow in Christ and then become leaders themselves in the body of Christ. Dr. Pratt, uh, I am sitting at the Criswell College, which is uh, the college that was founded by the late W.A. Criswell. And uh, at this wonderful school, uh, young people are trained for ministry. And also, uh, there are a lot of mission trips that take place where young people go uh, and do uh, short-term type missions. And uh, they're trained in missions work with you know wonderful professors from this school. Uh, what about that idea for just the average uh, person in the pew? Uh, is it a good idea? Would it be helpful in your life, not only for you, but also as, you know, what you can do for ministry to, if you at all can, do one of these short-term mission trips uh, in, you oh, know, yes. where you don't I, have to I give up your short- career to do so? Right. I think short-term mission trips are exactly what everyone should be involved in. I- I'm convinced of this that the church in America is a sleeping giant. We have this army of people that are just ready to do magnificent things for Christ, and that army is retirees, people whom we think have sort of passed their prime, but they haven't passed their prime at all. Most of them are ready to go out there and do things that they were unable to do in their younger years because of responsibilities and the likes that they had for their families. But we have a whole world, a whole army of people, of Christian people who are mature, and who are wise and experienced, who have time on their hands, and who can join with others in many different kinds of short-term mission work, even here in this country, much less to other countries around us and around the world. You know, I'm thinking also singles. I mean, you mentioned retirees, which is just a great idea, but also singles who don't have family responsibilities. That's absolutely right. I I think it should not be so odd as it seems to be these days for people to say, you know, I think I'm going to give up my vacation week this year and work at the Vacation Bible School or go across the border and do some ministry there or to even go to a place as far away. Uh, We have so much in this country, so many privileges in this country, whether we're single or married, parents, not parents, retired, whatever it may be, even a young person. We have so many opportunities that if we just give up just a little bit of our time and a little bit of our money, we can have a great effect on the world by spreading the gospel of Christ around the world. Well, Dr. Pratt, uh, what great encouragement uh, for folks. And uh, it makes me think maybe it'd be a great way to just take a family vacation, too. Uh, Tremendous way. But also, uh, you know, there are lots of uh, young people that I come in contact with at the school who, um, you know, they're considering making this their life's work. And, uh, of course, they need great encouragement and resources, and your organization certainly uh, provides that. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to be at the conference, so I'll get to meet you in person tomorrow night. 
That'll be great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. That's Dr. Richard Pratt. And I do want to mention this missions conference. If you can get some encouragement in this direction and uh, some good information, and uh, that is at Trinity Presbyterian Church at 4701 Hedgecocks Road, Plano, Texas. And uh, again, uh, you can just go up the tollway to get there, or 75. But if you go up the tollway, you need a place to eat. There's that uh, Legacy Town Center with lots of restaurants. I'm just thinking of people after work on Friday night. Also, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock and 10.30, you can hear Dr. Pratt. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Ferris, uh, Homeschool Legal Defense Association founder and president of Patrick Henry College, will join us tomorrow night, so I hope that uh, you'll join us then. That ought to be a great program. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the National Prayer Breakfast and also what's happened at Union University. KCBI is going to be raising funds tomorrow morning to help that wonderful Christian university up there in Tennessee, and uh, we'll give you some more information about that right after this. Stay with us. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. The saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. The voice of Michael W. Smith singing Amazing Grace at the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. We'll hear a little bit more from President Bush on that in just a moment. But I wanted to mention, again, tomorrow Mike Ferris will discuss parental rights. And this is really important uh, because Mike Ferris has long been concerned that parents have been losing their rights over their children uh, via certain court cases across the country. He's proposing a constitutional amendment uh, to solidify parents' rights, and he will also be coming to uh, this area to speak about that. We're going to talk with him about it tomorrow. Also, William Federer will join us uh, tomorrow uh, talking about his new book on George Washington Carver. And uh, February is Black History Month, so that's a good reason to talk about that great African-American uh, in history. It will be interesting to look into his life. And uh So that's coming up tomorrow, and that ought to be exciting. But I do want to go back to this changing political 
landscape uh, on the Republican side. We didn't even talk about the fact that Hillary Clinton uh, has had to loan her campaign $5 million, and they're sort of debating about who has the most delegates, but it's very close. But let's go back and hear John McCain speaking to the conservatives at CPAC. I am acutely aware that I cannot succeed in that endeavor, nor can our party prevail over the challenge we will face from either Senator Clinton or Senator Obama without the support of dedicated conservatives. All right, the Dallas Morning News says, uh, and I quote, So Texas matters after all. Critics who worried that a March date would neuter our presidential primary votes can stand down. They asked the question, who knew that our state would play a pivotal role in the free-for-all between Hillary Clinton and this newspaper's choice between the two Democrats, Barack Obama? Or the Texas could vote for the delegates that realistically put John McCain over the top. And they go on to say they'll have much more to say about Clinton-Obama in the coming days. On the Republican side, though, we remain supporters of former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee. But despite his surprising show of strength Tuesday, it's tough to deny that uh, Mr. McCain is closing fast on the nomination. The Dallas Morning News, though, is uh, endorsing Mike Huckabee, in case you didn't know that. Well, let's go back and talk about Union University for a moment, because we need to be praying for that university. KCBI is going to put... uh, really their money where their mouth is, and they're hoping you put your money there too. Raising funds tomorrow morning on KCBI. I hope you'll tune in and be a part of that. Uh, But let's uh, listen again uh, to uh, some audio with regard to Union University because this is a student. He's Matt Taylor. He was trapped in a collapsed dorm, and uh, he told CBS, the early show, the winds were just too strong for him to escape. The door was open, and I was just like, well, it's going to get wet. I'm going to go close it. But um, when I got to the door, I realized I couldn't get away from the door because I was being sucked out of it. Pretty scary. Uh, Can you imagine being a parent and uh, knowing that your student was there at the university where these tornadoes were taking place? The pictures show the devastation, and it was really flattened in certain areas. Now, uh, Union University student Jordan Thompson, also trapped in a collapsed dorm, and he was also on uh, CBS The Early Show. He said it took actually several hours for him to get out of the rubble. We were under a lot of stuff. Nobody could really move at all. Um, I could move my head around a little bit, but that was about that was about it. Um, I was the first one out, and I, I was down there for just around three hours. Well, David Dockery, who's been a guest several times on this program, has his work cut out for him now. KCBI is going to uh, do what they can to help uh, by raising money, as I said, tomorrow morning. Just tune into the morning show. Uh, But he says restoring the damaged and destroyed buildings is going to be a major undertaking. It's hard to even think about what is uh, in front of us in terms of rebuilding and regrouping. It's very interesting that uh, he also said that um, just about every building was damaged or destroyed in that um, tornado, except the athletic building. That is left standing. And uh, so perhaps some of those who are pretty well stressed out uh, by what happened can go over and get a workout and work on their stress level a little bit. I imagine that uh, things are pretty hectic around there. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen to the students, how they're going to finish out uh, their semester. I'm sure everybody's scrambling. But that town loves that university, and there are churches there that are also supporting it. Well, I said I'd talk a little bit more about the prayer breakfast. President Bush, again, as I said, uh, joined several government and religious leaders, actually several thousands, uh, at the uh, the prayer breakfast, and he said that his own prayers have been answered. I believe in the power of prayer because I felt it in my own life. Prayer has strengthened me in times of personal challenge. 
Ladies and gentlemen, as we look at this presidential race, um, you know, one thing that I think heartened us uh, during other campaigns, the last two presidential campaigns, even though perhaps we didn't agree with President Bush's positions on everything, I know that in Texas sometimes we didn't agree with what he did as governor, although uh, looking back he was actually a, a good governor. Uh, But we knew that he was a praying man. We knew that he'd been delivered from alcoholism. We knew that God was going to be guiding his decisions and that he would go to God and that he appreciated the prayers of the people of the country. And uh, so now as we look at the candidates, you know, that's an important consideration for Christians to know that someone will actually be guided by the Holy Spirit, uh, that they will look to the Lord and they will try to do the things that would be pleasing to God in making these decisions, that they will look to God for strength in leading the country. And, you know, we've talked many times about uh, the verse in Proverbs 29, where the people rejoice when there's a a righteous leader in power. And, uh, you know, I'm not talking partisan politics here right now. Uh, We certainly have to look at the party platforms, and we certainly have to look at uh, where the candidates stand on the various positions and what's closest to the scriptural position on things. Uh, But I think we also have to look at uh, this person and do they really rely on God? Uh, Do we even have a choice of a candidate? I think we have one, but do we have a choice of a viable candidate now who really knows how to rely on the Lord for their decisions? That's going to be very interesting. Well, let's go back um, to President Bush. He had some Great comments on the benefits of prayer. In seeking God, we grow in ways that we could never imagine. In prayer, we grow in gratitude and thanksgiving. When we spend time with the Almighty, we realize how much He has bestowed upon us, and our hearts are filled with joy. We give thanks for our families. We give thanks for the parents who raised us. We give thanks for the patient souls who married us and the children who make us proud each day. We give thanks for our liberty and the universal desire for freedom that he has written in every human heart. We give thanks for the God who made us in his image and redeemed us in his love. We give thanks for our great nation, the United States of America, where we do have the opportunity to choose our leaders. We're going to need wisdom in doing that. We also give thanks for KCBI, Criswell College, and I give thanks for my family and my dear children. Join us tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian Worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.